Whether it's for enjoyment or disaster preparedness, these are the 13 frequencies that you need in your scanner right now. All the frequencies that we're gonna talk about today are most likely pre-programmed into your scanner, which means even if your scanner is a decade or two old, hey, we got you covered. And since, well, I most likely don't live where you live, this is a generic list of ideas for which frequencies to put into your scanner, not a specific list of frequencies. And here at Scanner School, we always say the secrets are in the searches. And we're gonna have hints along the way on how to take all of these searches and make them into frequency lists. So let's start at the basics with number one, NOAA weather radio. Primarily for the US market, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration broadcasts severe weather alerts across a handful of frequencies here in the US. That means any VHF capable scanner most likely has these frequencies already programmed in as a weather service search. On top of this, you may also be able to set your scanner up so that you can be alerted when a specific tone is transmitted by the National Weather Service. You wanna to listen to the NOAA weather radio frequencies because this will give you a heads up if there is severe weather forecasted for your area, such as tornadoes, thunderstorms, floods, even blizzards. And also they have on top of weather alerts, they have marine advisories, and other types of bulletins that you might wanna be aware of. They do broadcast out a test message, usually on Wednesdays. So if you are setting up your radio and you wanna set up for the weather alert standby mode, Wednesday mornings are a good time to see if your radio is set up properly. Now, it's very easy to put your scanner into the weather alert receive mode. And again, each radio is going to be different, but there are about seven frequencies here in the US and the radio transmitters set by NOAA Weather Radio are high-powered frequencies, and many times you can pick up more than one NOAA Weather Channel. If I'm on my handheld radio, I might be able to pick up, just for example, I'm on Long Island, I might be able to pick up New York City, but once I use an external antenna, I can not only pick up New York City, but I can also pick up Eastern Long Island, I can pick up Connecticut, I can pick up parts of New Jersey, and if I'm lucky, even into Pennsylvania. Yes. There's just that much power coming out of these frequencies. Now, once you've established what your local NOAA weather radio frequency is, you can put that into your scanner so you can recall it easily in the future, but don't set it up to scan that frequency because your scanner will always lock on that because that channel stays active all the time. Number two, Coast Guard and VHF Marine. Contrary to popular belief, you don't need to live on the water physically to monitor the Coast Guard. You see, Marine channels are simplex, which means point to point. There's nothing in between each operator on either end of the microphone. Because of this, the Coast Guard needs to have high powered transmitters and a great receive station. That typically means a tower with a couple of hundred feet and at the very top of that tower is their transmitter and receiver. Now, because they put out a lot of power, and their antennas are usually very high, that means you can hear them from a good distance away from them. Now, again, remember, they need to be able to talk to a boat out in the water that might be several miles out. So again, if you're several miles away from the nearest Coast Guard station, you should be able to hear them as well. But why listen to Marine and Coast Guard? Well, first of all, Coast Guard is gonna have nautical information, alerts, and advisories, 
And sometimes it might be a vessel that might be, you know, unoccupied. It could be debris in the water. It could be a, uh, a buoy that is adrift. And it could even be type of exercises that they are going to do. Now, obviously, if you're landlocked, like in the middle of the U.S., yeah, you're kind of far from both the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans. But don't forget, lakes could be a very logical place to find the Coast Guard. Think the Great Lakes. Think any large bodies of water. And again, if the Coast Guard doesn't patrol those areas, think of all the weekend fishermen or anybody who has a boat on the lake who wants to talk to other boaters, they're going to have a marine radio also. And what are you going to listen to on those marine radios? Well, you could hear a bunch of guys that are just, you know, passing the time or talking about a hot fishing spot, or maybe they're just disgruntled and they're complaining about the people who are out on the water that maybe shouldn't be there, or maybe they are partying a little too hard. Who knows? It's always good listening when you're enjoying the sun out at the lake or at the beach or on the ocean and listening to VHF Marine. Trust me. But besides the Coast Guard and Marine, there's also the Coast Guard Auxiliary. And here in the U.S., they operate on the same VHF Marine channels, but they also have repeaters. And it could give you a little bit of extra reach in monitoring Coast Guard activities. Number three, aviation. Now, aviation is more than just listening to planes coming and going. And if you want to get started with aviation, it can be a little bit of a challenge understanding the lingo. They kind of have their own pattern of talking. But once you start to recognize the pattern and you hear it, and it sets itself up in your mind, you can then start to really comprehend what they're talking about. Like we said, it's more than just planes coming and going. There's a lot of activity you can listen to on aviation. But if you want to hear planes coming and going, hey, nothing is more exciting than hearing uh, a political figure, a president, somebody from a different country whose uh, escort or whose plane is coming in to your local airport. This happens quite frequently. Especially where I live here on Long Island, we have uh, two major airports in the city and a lot of busy airspace over here. And to hear the president or anybody coming in to the United Nations, yeah, it's really a hot time here just to listen to aviation and hear some of these international high dignitary flights coming in. Always really cool to listen to those numbers as they approach into the airspace. But not only that, it's very interesting to listen to some of the pilots talk. Sometimes they, they talk about the landmarks or they might be training or they could even be doing photography where they talk about where they want to shoot or even if they are trying to get pictures of a particular plane, they may have a spotter or a secondary plane tailing the subject plane so they can set up the perfect shot. These are media flights type of deal and sometimes you have an air show coming in or a special event. Yeah, you might be able to hear this coordination while listening to aviation. Now, I'm gonna share a little story right now about something I heard while just scanning the typical civilian aviation band. And it was two pilots that were talking as they were coming up the Hudson River through Manhattan, or basically to the, to the east of Manhattan. And they were, they were talking, just having you know a typical conversation, and I have it listening in the background. But these were very specific airplanes. These were World War II planes that were basically, you know, kept flying and kept going by volunteers. And one of the pilots, unfortunately, had a emergency mid-flight and the plane ended up going down in the Hudson River. Unfortunately, that pilot lost their life in this, in this accident. But again, it was a conversation turned tragic 
that I would have missed if I wasn't uh, listening to this in the background. So again, you never know exactly where you're going to find something interesting to listen to. Not that somebody, you know, passing away is interesting, but it is something that is not routine and something that we can hear in our scanners. And again, you know, the secrets, again, are in the searches. And there's always something out there to listen to. Tying into aviation, number four, military air. Now, military air is one of these things that you've got a giant, a giant part of the spectrum to monitor. You have both VHF uh, and also from like 220 up to 400-ish. And there's a lot of stuff to listen to in there. Here's the deal, right? They talk really quickly. And again, sometimes by the time that you know something is going on, it's too late, right? You've got to have these figured out and understood before you get into there. This is where aviation can become a real challenge. You can spend a lot of time listening and trying to find information, what to listen to in aviation, but there's a lot of resources out there that can help you along. Over on Radio Reference in the Maryland forum, there is the Mid-Atlantic Mill Air thread. And again, this gets to be several hundred pages deep every year. They recycle it basically and they start anew and really a great resource on what to listen to right there. Of course, there's Facebook groups and also the Capitol Hill uh, Radio Club also has a great section on listening to Mill Air. So what can you listen to on Mill Air? Well, you can get routine stuff like aviation refueling, you know, mid-flights mid refueling. You can listen to exercises, dog fights, bombing runs, et cetera, et cetera. And most exciting, interceptions. Again, I got another story for you on this one. And again, by the time I realized what was going on, it was too late to go to the scanner because the information was already, you know, dispatched. So the UN, right? New York City, I'm on Long Island. Again, I'm about maybe an hour's drive from there without traffic, which very rarely happens, by the way. And all of a sudden, our quiet afternoon got to be very loud. There, there's no mistaking the fact when you have a military aircraft up above in the skies. You don't see them, but you hear them. And this is exactly what happened. We heard multiple aircraft in the area, and it turns out somebody in a Cessna, private pilot, decided to violate the airspace above the UN. And, you know, they were told not too very nicely by the US military to turn around and get out of town. So for the rest of the day, that, that's all we heard. Yeah, were, the, were, the, were the fighter jets patrolling the area. And just if you thought that wasn't bad enough, the next day, somebody went and violated the airspace again and did not have radio contact with anybody. Again, fighters were scrambled and they intercepted the, uh, the private plane. And again, they brought them back home as well. But all during that time, there was aerial refueling going on. So even if we didn't have all that excitement going on, yeah, there's still a lot of good stuff to listen to. So again, I highly recommend getting yourself set up with military air. Now, if you want to listen to something else that is a little bit easier to find, you may want to look at the Civil Air Patrol. Now, the Civil Air Patrol is a auxiliary to the U.S. Air Force, and they operate on VHF repeaters because the Civil Air Patrol not only patrols above, but they also help on the ground as well, especially when it comes to search and rescue. So you can find these Civil Air Patrol repeaters in a VHF spectrum, I believe it's around 140 if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong there. And not only do they operate on analog, 
but they also can go on P25. Now, this could be interesting if you have an older P25 radio that doesn't support P25 trunking, and such as like the 785D with the, with the P25 chip in it. Again, a great opportunity to take this radio, dust it off, set it up on the civil air patrol frequencies, and see if you can start picking up some P25 conventional repeaters that might give you something interesting to listen to. Number five, railroads. There are a ton of people out there that really enjoy monitoring the local railroads. Now, this might be just going out and sitting at a chair or sitting at a intersection and waiting for a train to pass by. Now, if you have a scanner radio with you, you can get a heads up as to what is happening. Now, we've talked with people who love to monitor the rails. We've talked with people who take work vacation. Like Garrett was on the podcast not too long ago, and he took the California Zephyr, and he used his scanner to monitor the train through his journey from California to his final destination, I believe, in Colorado. And that's just one example. A second example is Jonathan from The Scanner Guys. He actually runs a blog and a secondary YouTube channel called The Train Aficionado. Very formal and fancy way of, of putting that out there, right, Jonathan? And, you know, he, he loves just train spotting, rail fanning, right? This is, this is what he loves to do, but it goes with the scanner radio hobby, which is great. So not only can you monitor the rails and, and hear what's going on, but you can get a heads up as to uh, derailments or accidents or issues on the rail line, routine maintenance, and not only commuter rails, but also freight as well. Again, these are things you're gonna to wanna to set aside and scan now and learn the lingo and learn where things are located because when it comes time to an emergency, that is not the time to say, oh, let me go dust off my scanner and see if I can listen to the rails. Again, by that time, it's a little too late. Now, before we continue with the second half of this list, I just wanna take a second here to thank my Patreon supporters. Without their help, I wouldn't be able to bring this podcast over to YouTube. So again, I want to take a moment to thank all of my Patreon supporters. And if you want to help support the podcast, please go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon, where you can see all of our support tiers and all of the benefits that come along with help supporting the podcast. And of course, one of the benefits is getting this podcast early. That means before it drops and is made public. So if you want this podcast episode early or you just want to help support us, please go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. Okay, number six. We are looking at FRS and MURS. These are free radio services, blister pack, bubble pack radios, so to speak, where you don't need a license. But think of it this way. If somebody needs radios, this is what they're gonna go to. And you may find security you can find department stores or, or even like home centers using it, like garden department, et cetera, stuff like that, right? You can find parking, security, drive-throughs, road uh, crews doing construction. 
groundskeepers. In fact, when I took a cruise, the kitchen staff was using FRS radios to communicate. So even though it might not be the right thing to be doing with FRS, you're gonna find FRS in use for a lot of things. And again, MURS goes along with it because FRS is UHF, MURS is VHF. But again, a lot of the same stuff happens on those radios. Make sure you put those into your scanner because if you find yourself at an event or department store or the pool, anywhere where you have people that need radios quickly, you're most likely gonna find them on the FRS band. Now, number seven, this might be one that, you know, not everybody's interested in listening to, and I completely get it. Amateur radio has a bit of a reputation, but it's more than just a bunch of old men talking on the radio, complaining about their significant others, uh, complaining about traffic, talking about what they have for breakfast, what they're gonna have for dinner, and what they plan on doing in great detail over this weekend. There are plenty of specific uses for amateur radio, especially in a disaster. You'll find races, Aries, Skyward, just to name a few. And again, if you're looking for a boots on the ground report of the weather activity, finding your local Skyward net is what you wanna do. Now, again, this is something you wanna have set up prior to the bad weather coming in. And typically you're gonna find a Skyward net being held typically once a week just to run through the exercises. But when a weather event happens, that is when you're gonna find a lot of activity on the local Skyward frequency. Again, you're gonna find a lot of severe weather storm spotters and, and chasers out using some of these frequencies. So again, it is something you're gonna to wanna to have in your radio. But you may also find that you have amateur operators manning shelters or running supply runs or operating at the EOC or a firehouse, relaying routine messages during a disaster. And again, something like this is something you wanna have in your radio prior to a disaster happening. But if that's not your thing, what about listening to satellite communications? Yeah, flying overhead, we have satellites. And many of these satellites have a, a ham radio on board where people can use a handheld radio, their mobile radio, or even very specific radios and, and antennas that both tilt and have azimuths and, and elevation and a whole bunch of crazy stuff here. But you could be in your backyard in the summertime and listen to conversations as satellites pass overhead. Imagine listening to the ISS, the International Space Station, from your backyard, from a handheld radio, or while you're out driving, yeah, there is nothing more exciting than your very first satellite reception. Believe me, I remember mine very vividly, and it's a blast just to know, hey, that thing is flying overhead right now, and I'm receiving them. So that is something, too, you may want to look at. And if that still doesn't get you going for amateur radio, there are specialized nets that are usually held once a week different times, different dates, depending on what the type of net is. Now, you may have something like a computer net, right? So these are where people help each other and, and talk about the different things with computers. But you may also have a tech net. And a tech net is great because they get really technical. You know, that's why it's called a tech net. But you can really learn a lot. And a lot of tech nets and a lot of repeaters and clubs and organizations have a very, very large following specifically for their educational or technical nets. If you're looking to really learn more about the radio hobby, 
finding one of these tech nets is what you want to do. There's other local nets too, like a swap and shop or a traffic net, but there's also scanner radio nets. That's right, people talk about scanner radio on amateur radio. And I'd like to share a net that's run by Ken and for VKF, and you can find that over on DMR, TGIF Talk Group 1033. If you don't have a DMR, TGIF Hotspot, you can also listen to them on a all-star node. Now, many amateur repeaters tap into these all-star nodes, but again, if you don't have one in your area, you can listen to the TGIF Scanner Junkies net on Broadcastify. And again, we will put a link to that in the notes for this podcast episode. If you're listening to Scanner Junkies net, they meet every Thursday at 8 p.m. And again, that's their current schedule at the time of this recording. Number eight. GMRS, the cousin of amateur radio. Now, GMRS doesn't require you to pass a test to get a license, but you must pay the fee to the FCC. Just like amateur radio, GMRS gives you a license to talk on GMRS frequencies. This license is good for your entire family, and just like amateur radio, you can talk over great distances by using a repeater. Many repeaters are close to a club but again, if you want to get onto GMRS, it is a good alternative to amateur radio. But why are we talking about GMRS for your scanner? GMRS has a long history of being a tool and a resource during a disaster. REACT is one of the longest running public service radio entity going back to about 1967. Yeah, they started on CB, but many REACT organizations are now operating on GMRS. Not only do you have REACT, but you may have certain clubs that are local clubs that may be available in times of crisis. Our local club here is called BTG, where it's called Bridging the Gap. So they will work in conjunction with the local amateur radio club and the local government entities and kind of bridge the gap between them. But they also lend a hand in other ways as well. So again, not only is there a REACT, but you may have a local club that might be active during an emergency. Number nine, what happens when the lights go out? What are you gonna listen to? Well, if your scanner is on batteries, you're gonna wanna listen to the local utility company because you're gonna wanna know when the lights are gonna come back on. Yes, programming in the local power companies, gas companies, et cetera, is very important, especially again, during a disaster. And you're gonna to wanna to know when the local linesmen are out fixing the down power lines or where the trees are across the lines or what has to get cleared so that service can be restored to your neighborhood. And again, you're not gonna to wanna to try and finding these things right after a hurricane, right? You're gonna to wanna to know what the active frequencies are prior to that. But again, the most activity you're going to find is right after a storm rolls through and knocks out power. So this is one of those times where I'll forgive you for not going and finding the frequencies ahead of time, because chances are there's gonna be more activity after a disaster than there is before. Okay, number 10, public safety. Yes, public safety is on the list. And yes, they are number 10. Why? Because there are plenty of things to listen to on your scanner other than public safety. Yes, many people get into the scanner radio hobby to listen to fire, to listen to police, to listen to the EMS, but there's so much more out there. And if you're gonna complain that, oh, my local police department 
fire department, whatever, went encrypted, and my local county is encrypted, my local city is encrypted, guess what? I just gave you nine other things that you can listen to with your scanner other than what might happen to be encrypted. And again, my local county encrypted almost a decade ago, I want to say, and NYPD is following, and so did Chicago and other police entities as well. And while there are a lot of public safety on analog, this is one of those situations where a service search may not help you out. You're going to have to do a little bit of homework ahead of time. You have to go on radio reference and find out exactly where your local police, fire, and EMS departments actually operate. They might be unconventional. They might be on a trunking system. And you might need a P25 scanner to hear them. Again, you're going to want to go over to radio reference and look at your local area to see what it is you might happen to need to monitor these systems. Now, if you have a radio that supports Uniden's Home Patrol or Whistler's Easy Scan, well, things just got a little bit easier for you because you can just program in your zip code and then put the service types in that you want to monitor, say police dispatch, fire dispatch. And the scanner will hunt out those frequencies and talk groups from the National Radio Reference Database and put them into a scan list for you. So again, it's not using the built-in service types of older scanners from you know decades past. This is a newer spin on that. And again, you're gonna be able to search what's in the database and then commit those into a favorites list once you know what is active in your area. So we're kind of doing the same thing, just different when it comes to modern technology. Let's turn this whole idea on its head. Here are some things that you can scan right now that won't be in service banks in your scanner. And I'm gonna tell you why you need to have these in as well. The first one being NIFOG. In the US, the National Interoperability Field Operations Guide is a PDF publication that you can download that has pages and pages and pages of frequencies that are set aside for dispatch, tactical use, and even interoperability. Now, using this guide is like a playbook to know exactly what you're going to want to program into your scanner. Again, this is something you want to have in your scanner before disaster happens, and let me tell you why. Several years ago, we're going back, I think 2010, Superstorm Sandy ripped through Long Island. Many neighborhoods were completely destroyed. There was actually a neighborhood in Queens that not only flooded, but fire broke out and went from house to house to house to house, basically leveling an entire neighborhood. They brought in the National Guard. They brought in departments and agencies and personnel from outside of the local area. Think clear across the country. How do all these people know where to communicate with the local public safety agencies? They coordinate over NIFOG frequencies. They know what channels to be on. All their radios are pre-programmed. And let me tell you, I had this already in my scanner and I was listening to people with a Southern drawl talking on frequencies here in New York where they all sound like me. So each one of us, yeah, stuck out like a sore thumb. But the professionalism and the way that these operators used a radio, what a difference. And these communications lasted weeks from coordinating where to shelter to where to deliver resources, to where they had to put bulldozers to move sand and debris. 
this was something I thought I would never be listening to. But again, having the NIFOG frequencies already in my scanner, these are frequencies that you want in your radio right now. Number 12, business band. Business band frequencies may or may not interest you, but let me tell you this. There's a lot of information going on in the business band frequencies. So ranging about the UHF spectrums to about 450 to 460, maybe even up to 470, you're gonna find a lot of business activity. This could be even DMR systems because there are a ton of rentable talk groups or community repeaters or community systems that are specifically built and maintained so that people can rent radios or rent talk groups and coordinate with their businesses. Think school buses, oil delivery companies, tow trucks, anything that needs a radio could, you could find there. School districts and stuff like that, yeah, they're also a fair game in the business band. So if you're out and about and you're not finding what you listen to on FRS, think about listening to the business band. These are frequencies you can wanna search and find and put into your scanner right now. And number 13, the federal band. Unbelievable, the Alphabet City. You can listen to FBI, DOH, TSA, ETC, yes, etc. There is a ton of stuff in the federal band that you can listen to with an analog scanner. Chris Paris, who we've had on this podcast in the past, earns his living by traveling to certain cities for work, but while he is there and on his downtime, he is hunting out and documenting the different federal frequencies that he is able to receive. And he publishes those frequencies over on his blog and also on the Spectrum Monitor magazine. Chris does a great job at writing a monthly column and there's a ton of stuff out there to monitor in the federal band. It's not only in analog, but also in P25. So if you've got, again, an older P25 radio that doesn't support P25 trunking, yeah, dust it off and throw it in the federal band. Of course, some of it might be encrypted, but a lot of it may also be in the clear, depending on where you are. Now, again, a lot of times you won't know really who you are listening to unless you log the NAC that belongs with the frequency or even a radio ID. And again, a lot of times that kind of information is standardized across the US. So if you know the NAC or you know the prefix on a radio ID, you might have a hint as to who it is you are listening to. And again, as we say here on the podcast, the secrets are in the searches. These are 13 different types of examples that you can put into your scanner, search for these frequencies and find what it is that you need to listen to and monitor and program into your scanner right now this year. But why end this episode with an unlucky number? Why end on number 13? If you're listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast player, why don't you drop me what number 14 should be over our Discord server or also over in our Facebook group. Those links are scannerschool.com slash Facebook group and scannerschool.com slash Discord. And if you're watching this podcast over on YouTube, do me a favor, leave me a comment below this video and tell me what should I put as number 14. Let's end this podcast episode on a even number. It isn't unlucky number 13. And if you like this type of content, hit subscribe. And also sign up for our weekly newsletter. The link is below in the description of this podcast episode, and we will send scanner radio tips, tricks, and information 
in your inbox every single week. Thanks again for being part of the Scan Nerd community. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Brops, Bob Milton, Brennan Sammons, Brian Arsenault, Brian King, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Danielle Caviola, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuznetsky, David Robertson, Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, KC5DJT, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Matt, and U8H, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Bach, Scott Lefgren, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.